Today we, is our final message uh, in this series called Open, and we see how we are open arms, we are open hands, we have open facilities that God shows the openness of His love to us so that then we can be open to the Lord and to His grace uh, for others. We're going to concentrate on that lesson that you heard read just a few minutes ago uh, about the Apostle Paul uh, and how God used him. The Apostle Paul was a long shot, what we might call a long shot. He he was an unexpected person that God used so mightily in the kingdom. I think Max in the children's message used the word crazy. Pastor Dan taught us the word preposterous. It, It was so unexpected that God would use a man like Paul. And we'll talk about that one. But when, when I was growing up in high school, there was a kicker that set an NFL record for field goals. His name was Tom Dempsey. Any of you ever heard of him? He kicked a 63-yard field goal at the end of a game. There were two seconds left. He played for the New Orleans Saints, and they were losing to the Detroit Lions. With two seconds to go, they only had one possible way to win the game, and that was for him to kick a field goal from their own 37-yard line. Now, the goalpost was at the front of the end zone, not at the back of the end zone, and so he lined up for a 63-yard field goal. So let's just watch the video clip, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Tom Dempsey. Will it try to kick the longest field goal in National League history? They're sending him on with two seconds left. Scarpetti will hold. Here's a snap. The ball is down. Dempsey kicks. It's on the way. I like the quality of that video, huh? That kind of gives away our age. Uh, But the thing about Tom Dempsey that made him such an unlikely hero, such a long shot, was that he was born without fingers on his right hand or toes on his right foot. And so all he had, you might have seen his right foot, was was kind of a stub. And for him to kick a 63-yard field goal, he was having a terrible season, by the way. He was only 5 for 15. And the, the Saints were, were not a good team. They were 1-5-1 and one at that time. And so when we think about an unlikely hero, a long shot, that was Tom Dempsey. But that was also a guy by the name of Saul in the New Testament. Saul, whom God used as a long shot, whom he turned around and later became the apostle. What was his name? Paul, right? Saul. And it's so unlikely because we we know a little bit about Saul's background. Saul grew up as an ardent Jew. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, we are told in other places in Scripture. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He followed the law, he says, perfectly. And on top of that, when this new sect started to blossom forth, calling themselves people of the way or Christians, he was the one who self-assigned who was self-assigned to search them out and to persecute them. And we know that he had a part in killing Christians. One guy we know for sure was Stephen in Acts chapter 6. And so such an unlikely guy that God would take and he would turn around. And boy, did the Lord do it miraculously. Saul was on the way to Damascus, again, to search out Christians, when all of a sudden he was knocked down to the ground and he was blinded. And Jesus himself spoke to him and said, Saul... Saul, 
why do you persecute me? That was Jesus speaking. And when we persecute God's people, we're persecuting Jesus. And at that time, Jesus came into his heart and his life through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the, uh, Saul was completely changed. And the first thing that he did when he got to Damascus, after a couple of, he started preaching in the name of Jesus. He started telling everybody about this Jesus who died on the cross and who was crucified and then rose again. Well, what a long shot that Paul would become the great missionary to the Gentiles, that Paul, of all the missionaries of the Christians known around the world, it would be the name of Paul that people would know and that we base many of our teachings upon today. Well, what do you think the Christians that were in Damascus thought about all this? Well, they must have been confused. Uh, we are told that, that uh, Saul started proclaiming the name of Jesus, and it wasn't long that some people tried to kill him. And so some of his friends, tried, they smuggled him out of town. And where did he go? He went to, to Jerusalem kind of the center of the church at that time. It's where the apostles were. And so he went from the heat into the fire, so to speak. And as he got there, those Christians knew that he was the one who persecuted them. So why should they want to listen to him? Why would they want to accept him? He was the one that, that, that hurt them so, so, so greatly. They were confused. And that's when a guy by the name of Barnabas steps forward. Barnabas, uh, that was his nickname. Acts 4 tells us that his real name was Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas. That was his nickname, meaning son of encouragement. Encouragement. Not a bad thing to known, be known for, right? Barnabas was an encourager. And he encouraged the, the apostles to take a look at this guy named Saul because he saw in him what God was doing in Saul's heart. And he remembered what Jesus said when he says, well, you can't judge an apple by its cover. He says, thus you shall know them by their fruits, by how they produce. And for Paul, the fruit of faith was there as he was so bold about knowing Jesus and loving him and sharing him. And so what did Barnabas do, the encourager? He took Saul to the apostles and said, hey, let's look at this guy. And so the apostles checked him out and they said, you're right, Barnabas, he's a changed man. We ought to give him a new name, right? And they named him Paul. And it was from that time on that Paul then was able to preach in Jerusalem, and it says there was a time of peace in the church, and the word of the Lord grew, and the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. What a great story. That was then. What about today? There are three different entities there that I believe that we can identify with in this story. First of all, there's Saul the long shot. Do you ever feel like a long shot? You know, uh, uh, a long shot uh, is an unlikely hero. Uh, someone who's the right guy at the right time and the right moment, but very unexpected. And sometimes people today feel like long shots. Uh, you might think you're an outsider. Maybe you think you're not worth very much. You know, the Bible says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but in my experience today in our society, people are often not thinking of themselves so highly, but they degrade themselves. They think that God can't use them. They think of themselves as 
a long shot, that it would be very unlikely that God could use them to make a difference in the world today. Well, that's the way that Paul felt. And maybe we are those kind of people. We are afraid that our witness is not going to be adequate. And yet, God has called us to serve Him. God has called you, maybe, to be like Paul. And, and it doesn't happen as you have to go out on the marketplace and, and use a megaphone and tell people about Jesus. But I believe it happens most effectively is when you build relational bridges to other people. You know, you have relationships with people that the pastors or the workers of our church will never be able to know. And as you build a relationship, as you become friends with people, people get to know you. And they, they, they see what's inside of you, you know, because they see how you're kind and compassionate. And they want to know, what makes you different? What is it that gives you such strength? What is it that gives you so hope? How is it that you can treat people in a fair way, even though they don't deserve it? And so God opens up doors, and you become, we can become like Paul, even though we might feel like a long shot. And when we're asked to, 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 to talk about our faith, we're right there. And we talk about Jesus, who died and rose for us who forgives us our sins, who promises that, that, that even though life here is fun, that's not the end of it, that we got an eternity to be with Jesus in heaven. Well, maybe that's who you can relate to today, Paul the long shot. Or maybe you can feel like those Christians, those disciples who were confused. You know, the Saul looked like a sheep in wolves' clothing. Why would they want to open their hearts? Why would, they, why would they want to accept Saul when he was so mean to them before? Perhaps it was because of what God had told them. You know, later on, the, the Apostle Paul writes that, that we should not regard other people in the ways of the world, regard them as God regards them. And so, you know, even though maybe you've been burned in the past from other people, Maybe you're, you, you're pessimistic by nature, uh, and you see the glass not uh, half full, uh, but, uh, you know, it's empty, half empty. And, and, and maybe that's just your nature. And yet, just like God helped the disciples in Jerusalem to understand His, His grace in the life of Paul and accept Him and open up to Him, God can, can turn your heart around too just like he did the disciples, so that you can not only trust him, but you can learn to trust other people. So maybe you're the long shot like Paul. Maybe you're like the crowd, uh, that uh, you're a little bit confused and bewildered sometimes about people, and you're very mistrusting. Or I would hope that all of us can be more like Barnabas. Barnabas, the encourager. You know, the word in, to encourage in the Old Testament in Old Testament, it means to strengthen someone. In fact, when God is telling Moses in transferring the power, the leadership of the children of Israel over to Joshua, he says this, he says, encourage him, encourage Joshua, because he will lead Israel into the, in the promised land. And so we are people that want to give strength to others. In the New Testament, the word for encouragement means more of a, an idea of giving comfort that's why the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Thessalonians, they were afraid about, about the end of the world. And he said, encourage one another. Build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And so you got the idea of comfort. That's what Barnabas was known for. 
He was an encourager. It kind of begs the question, what are you known for? Are you known for being an encouraging person? You know, God has just lifted us up and encouraged us so that we can be encouragers of others. And when you encourage other people, you use words. You know, in, in Proverbs 18, it says that, that, that words have the power to give life or to give death. And your words are so critical to you. Maybe in the past, uh, you've, been, you've been injured with someone's words. Maybe you've been told things like, you're not smart enough. You're not fast enough. You're not thin enough. Or maybe you've heard words like, you call yourself a Christian? How can you, how can you talk or act like that and, and call yourself a Christian? And so words can really hurt you. But words also give the power of life. I like the story that Chuck Swindoll tells us in his book, Growing Strong in the Christian Life. He talks about a, a young man who built a boat in order to travel all the way around the world, the seas of the world. And as he was getting ready to leave his home port on the East Coast, all these people were attracted to see him off. But most of them were very pessimistic. And they said, what in the world are you doing? That sun's so intense. It's, you're going to get fried out there. You're going to get baked by the sun. Or another person said, you don't have enough food. How you, you can't carry enough food to, to take you all the way around the world. You're going to fail. Another person looked at his boat, his homemade boat, and said, that boat's never going to make it. Those, those big waves, those big crashing storms, the turbulence, especially in the North Atlantic, is going to crush you. You're never going to make it. Well, he set out on his journey, and when he got by the end of the pier, there was one man who was there, and he was waving his arms, and he said to the young man, he said, son, we're so proud of you. I thank God for you. You're wonderful. You are special. You're going to make it. Bon voyage. God be with you. And he sent him off with encouragement. Friends, be a Barnabas. Encourage others. And sometimes it's just as simple as a smile because a lot of people walk around with frowns. Or to say thank you. Or I appreciate you. You're special. I think you're doing great. And God loves you too. By God's grace, we become people of encouragement and what a wonderful gift that is. Well, the result of God turning the long shot Paul, of course, into uh, the great missionary, the result of God turning the hearts of the crowd around so that they trusted him and they trusted the spiritual leaders there in Jerusalem, the result of people like Barnabas who were encourager, it says there was a time of peace in the church and the result was that the church grew. On this last Sunday of the church year, that's my prayer too, that we would be people of peace, that it doesn't matter who you voted for, okay, it doesn't matter where you went to school or what your income is, we are one in Jesus Christ. We have that commonality, and that brings us together, and that gives us peace, and that gives us hope so that God can add to our numbers as well. May God help that to be so. Amen? Amen.